The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush up for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Week 13 is upon us. Welcome in to Stacking the Box. We love all of you who listen to Stacking the Box, especially you who's listening to us right now. Matt Verderam, our NFL insider. Here's truly Mark Carmen. And uh, Verderam, we're starting with the Steelers and a huge injury. Uh, Bud Dupree is a guy that one of the best defensive players uh, in all of football beloved in that Steelers locker room, huge impact with TJ Watt, who's having a borderline MVP season or certainly defensive player of the year candidate. Um, but the Steelers are sitting here at 11 and 0, but this injury might change the whole complexion of the season. By the way, good to see you. What do you think? I think it's a huge loss because their whole way to beat elite teams is to get pressure quickly with four. And if they can't do that, they're not going to beat elite teams. They're not. Their secondary is good. It's not great. Their linebackers without Devin Bush are okay, but not great. Their offense can't run the ball, and Roethlisberger throws it about six yards in attempt at this point. So their whole game is predicated on getting a lot of pressure, which of course leads to tackles for loss. It leads to sacks. It leads to quick incompletions. It leads to turnovers. They've ta- they have the most takeaways of any team in the league. They have the most points off takeover uh, ter- takeaways of any team in the league. Not having Dupree is not going to neutralize T.J. Watt. He's a great player. He's still going to get his. It might hurt guys like Stephon Tuitt, who's been very good this year. He's at seven sacks. He plays inside for them. Now it's easier to slide your protection. It's easier to double him and to chip down and say, you know what, we're going to leave our left tackle on an island. Um, the Steelers wake up this morning very good but less good because losing a guy like Dupree who's on pace for 11 to 12 sacks. I mean, that that's not nothing. He's a top five player on that roster. For the record. I mean, it's just brutal off the field for Dupree. He's playing on a franchise tag. Uh, so now an ACL tear, uh, when's he coming back? Millions of dollars. This is costing him. And look, $15.8 million to live on for the rest of your life along with everything else that he's made is not exactly uh, terrible, but that's, that, that's not the point. Um, the franchise tag sucks is my point right now. And the other thing, I mean, you brought up Devin Bush. They lost him uh, when he blew out his knee against the Browns back on October the 18th. Pittsburgh also, I'm just like adding everything in here. They've got to be tighter. Dropped five balls against the Ravens, right? They missed an extra point. Um, gave up a bomb to Marquise Brown. Uh, terrible missed tackle on that play. So their margin for errors, it just got a lot slimmer is, my, is the whole point of this uh, deep dive on the Steelers here, Verderam. Yeah, yeah, listen. I mean, I agree with you. I, I watched that game on Wednesday, which is a weird sentence to say. But Yesterday. I watched the game on Wednesday – and I got to tell you, 
What I saw from the Steelers is pretty much what I've seen from the Steelers most games this year. They do not have an explosive offense. They're very good defensively. You're not going to be able to stand back there and, and wait three beats to throw the ball. They're going to get to you more often than not. They force turnovers. Like that pretty much was what we saw. I mean, Roethlisberger, everybody's coming away from this game like, man, he played terrible. Ben Roethlisberger's played like that the entire season. Has to be the worst 11-0 team in the history of the NFL. Like by God, any, anyone who has watched the Steelers knows that is Ben Roethlisberger all year long. Like, they, they, yes, they had some drops, which, by the way, they do have drops. Okay, Claypool's dropped the ball times this year. Ebron has had a career of dropping the football. This idea that, like, well, you know, that's the second time I've watched Pittsburgh this year, and Roethlisberger wasn't that impressive. Well, but, well for me, it was the 11th time I've watched Pittsburgh this year, and Roethlisberger, outside of maybe the Bengals game, has pretty much looked like that the entire season. So well, are they a very good team? Yes. They're driven by their defense. Are they a team that in a normal year against a normal schedule would be 11 and up? No, they wouldn't be. They'd probably be something like 7 and 4, 8 and 3, which is a damn fine team. But they're not. It's kind of like that year when Carolina was like 14 and 0. And I remember looking at them over and over and over and being like, they got a good defense. They're just, they're not that good. Like this team is just, it's smoke and mirrors to the hilt. And to their credit, they got to the Super Bowl. Now they got waxed when they got there. But they got there at fifteen and one. Like this Steelers team, I feel like if you played this season out a hundred times, you gave them an average strength to schedule, they would make the playoffs most years. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Maybe they'd go 11-5. and five. But hey, give them credit. It's not easy to win 11 in a row. They've done that. And so now that, and they're probably going to win 12 in a row with Washington coming in this weekend. We'll get to uh, whether – I think we just answered whether or not the Steelers are a real threat to Kansas City, actually. Let's get to that right now. Uh, I think the most definite answer without uh, going deep into it is the no. I, I can't – even if they end up with home field, I will be very bullish on the Chiefs if they end up playing the Steelers in the playoffs. Anybody want to argue with that? You'd be the only one that could because this is just me and you on the podcast. I, I think um... – and by the way, since you speak about asking people what their thoughts are, uh, we've gotten some reviews lately. Thank you so much for those over on Stack in the Box. Keep keep sending them, please. Ratings, reviews. If you have a question, ask us in the review, in the written review, and we will answer them. Um, thank you so much. And please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Um, always appreciated. As far as the Chiefs and Steelers, look, I'm going to be as blunt as I can be. If Kansas City plays a B-plus to A-minus game, they're not losing to anybody. Period. They're just not. I mean, I think the Saints are the only team in the NFC that can even give them a game. Maybe Seattle because of Wilson. That's it. I mean, that's it. Because to me, with Pittsburgh, with the Dupree thing is devastating. Their whole game against Kansas City has to be that you're just going to crank up a ton of pressure. And if you can't get to the Chiefs, you're dead. You have no shot to win the game. I look at Pittsburgh – I think Pittsburgh's good. I know Matt Lombardo, who writes an insider column for us every week, um, he reached out to some bookies, and they told him that the Steelers, if they were undefeated and hosted the Chiefs in the AFC title game, that they would right now be a two-point favorite. I got to tell you, if Pittsburgh's listed as a favorite in that game, the money is going to be overwhelmingly on Kansas City. Like, I, I can't even imagine. They, they won't be. There's yeah. no way. I mean, I was shocked by that. I thought the Chiefs would be a four or five point favorite in the game, even in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, I, I just, like, to me, I don't see any way that the Chiefs aren't prohibitive favorites right now. You know, you want to argue they get upset, something crazy happens, fine. Prohibitive favorite at the moment. I love the reviews coming in here. Know their NFL football. Enjoy the banter between right. Mark and Matt. Really good how they discuss the players and, and games a fan like a fan would. Both are so insightful in review of the past week's games and in previewing games the upcoming week. Gallimore, thank you so much, Gallimore, for the five-star. We appreciate you. Chief in the OC, we appreciate you too. R-B-O-Z-J-O-H-N-L-U-K. I can't, I'm not going to take that one on. 
Love you. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for uh, the reviews, checks in the mail, all that. Uh, it feels good. Thank you. You just made my day, perhaps for the Rams too. Uh, yes. You got anything else you want to get out on the Steelers? Maybe I, I, maybe I feel like I could just be giving underselling the respect that I should have for Mike Tomlin and company and what they'll be capable of in a January in a in a robust playoff scenario when you just got to grind it out and get a win and maybe the Steelers will be able to do it. Uh, but then again, I'm I don't not, think I am at all. I'm not even sure they're the second best team in the conference. Like, neither am I. That's where I've been all year. Like I don't know that they're better than the Bills. I I I could definitely see the Bills going at the high field and beating them. And by the way, they play in two weeks on on Sunday Night football. I think that's going to be not to give it away. I think I think that's going to be Pittsburgh's first loss of the year. I think they're going to lose to Buffalo. But that, I can see Buffalo or Tennessee beating them. Like and, and to be fair, I, mean, I can see those teams beating Kansas City as well. Though I think it would take a lot more. I don't know, man. I, it's weird to say that about a team that's 11-0. Like, I feel like I should just have so much more reverence for that because it's so hard to do. But then I watch them every week. And I'm just like, no, I got the proper amount of reverence. Like, they, <laughs> like they're, they're, they're a good team. Like, that's what they are. But I, that's it. it it's, just, it's very odd to feel that way, and yet I do. Coming up on the podcast, we've got Nick Chubb running back the Cleveland Browns star at Georgia. Some interesting stuff from Chubb coming up here. I got to talk to him uh, earlier in the week. He has an interesting take on a lot of college football players who are declaring for the NFL, stopping their season. Chubb had a huge injury, as I'm sure you probably remember at Georgia. Uh, so his, his take on that is, is, you know, he's got a lot of different nuances to it. And Charles Barkley threatened to kill Nick Chubb for running out of bounds at the one-yard line. Chubb's Chubb's got something for him, Verderam. He's ready to. Uh, I want to hear it. Yeah, he's he's uh he, he's 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 got an invitation. But let's talk about the Rams and the Cardinals. Um, you know the Rams were flying so high after they beat the Bucks, and then of course uh, they come out and they have a, a a very disappointing loss to the 49ers, who have the Rams number. Now you've got. Sean McVay going at Jared Goff, um, yeah. which was interesting. Our quarterback has got to take better care of the football. Okay, Sean McVay. And then in the NFL, Go- that's that's fighting words. That it is, right? <laughs> I was and, like, wow. And, and Goff's like, uh, I'm a big boy, I can handle it. But you know, and then he then he threw in it was a little bit different. Uh, you know, so uh, all interesting stuff here, and then McVay say, "Hey, look, he's got broad shoulders; he'll be able to handle it," which I guess he does. But the, you know, can he can he handle not turning the football over? Because if he can't, that's going to kill the it's going to kill the Rams. It'll it'll kill him again this week. Listen, it's 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 the most interesting game of the week. Uh, most at least the biggest game of the week, right? Like the Rams seven and four, Cardinals six and five. Both lost last week in upsets. Both lost on the final play of the game to a field goal. Um, the Rams' loss is worse. I mean, usually, listen, the Niners, and I give the Niners all the credit in the world, man. Kyle Shanahan, to me, should be up for coach of the year. Like, they have had everybody get hurt, and they're a game out of the playoffs. It's incredible. They're, they're now playing home games in Arizona. Uh, it's, it's insane. And they still might get in. But, look, that all said, the Cardinals, and you, anyone who's listened to this podcast and follows my work, they know how high I've been on the Cardinals all year. And I'm still on them, but I got to tell you, we oh, can oil in a big way. In a big way. They're six and five. They've lost three or four. They would have lost all of those games except for the Hale Murray play, okay, right. with, with Buffalo. So now they come home, they get the Rams. I think the Rams are, are going to handle business in this game. They're just better than them. They have the second best defense in the league by almost every metric, um, right behind Pittsburgh. They. I think after what McVay said about Goff, I think this is going to be a game where Goff is not going to be risking many passes, which limits them, but I think also helps them in a game like this where I think Arizona might need a turnover to beat them. Um, but whoever loses is in real trouble. Like if the Rams lose and they drop to seven and five, well, now they drop behind the Cardinals via the breaker. They're right on the periphery of, of falling out of the playoff race. Meanwhile, if Arizona loses, Arizona's in real, real trouble. If they lose six and six, now the NFC behind those top seven teams is not great. Your Bears lurking in the shadows. No, uh, they're not. Minnesota 
also lurking. The Niners lurking, but none of them really full on threatening at the moment. Um, so there is that safe, you know, safety net, so to speak, for Arizona. But it's a huge game. It's a huge game. I actually should allow the Bears to lurk. Their schedule is so damn easy. The Bears actually have a chance if they got their act together, which I don't think they will. But they're favored this week against the Lions. They could. They're going to be. Every game is going to be, if, if not a pick 'em. Uh, the Bears might even be favored. They've got five easy games. They played Green Bay the last week. That's the toughest, but the Packers might have already sealed up their fate at that point. Uh, the Rams, for the record, by the way, are 6-0 and against the Cardinals since McVay has been there. Now it's different right now with, with Kyler Murray, but Murray's never beaten him, so throw that in there. Uh, one thing on Jared Goff, you know where he stands uh, as far as quarterbacks in the league with turnovers? Vert Rams. There's only I don't know two, off the top of my head. There's only two that are worse than Jared Goff. He's got 14 turnovers, 10 picks, four fumbles. You want to take a guess at the other two? Uh, Wentz and, and – uh, Wentz is correct. That's number one. He's got 19. Goff has 14. So bad. Um, I should know this. I do these rankings every week. Um, he's, actually he's actually tied for second. I'm sorry. I'm putting him third, is, but he's tied with this guy. It's Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, a lot of picks early in the year. Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, all right, let's let's move on here to uh, let's bring actually we'll do our interview with Nick Chubb right now, or I actually my interview with Nick Chubb. I sat down with him earlier in the week, just giving you a portion of it. Charles Barkley is coming at him, and uh, yeah, what about these college football players coming out early? Nick Chubb, should they do that? Here's Nick. Hey Nick, a lot of guys are when you go when I'm looking at college football, they're. You know, opting out of the last couple games of the season as they're, you know, seeing that they might be a first round pick or wherever they think they're going to go into the NFL. And you, of course, had a, a serious, serious knee injury at Georgia. And you're doing great. You're the Snickers hungriest player and all that type of stuff. But, like, what, what's your advice to guys who are kind of debating should I play the rest of the year? Should I not play the rest of the year if they're thinking about that NFL future? They definitely should play. I know for me, I could have come. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. During year two, and I would have been drafted uh, probably saying that I would drop it the next year. So me, uh, me going back to school, I went back my senior year, and me going back, I didn't go back for our draft career. I, mean, I went back because it's college. I mean, there's no no other time like it. I get to hang out with my my best friends, my roommates, who were Sony Michelle and Isaiah Wynn, they played New England Patriots, and I got to literally live with them for four years. And yeah, you know I mean, I think that's time. That's time like you can't replace. And everybody wants to come to the NFL. I think it's you know, a different life. You got money. You got all this, all this more freedom. But I mean, it's, it'll never be the same as college. College is definitely the best time of your life, and you should stay and enjoy it. You shouldn't, you shouldn't rush life because I mean, life's gonna come. So I, I say, enjoy, enjoy the time you have while you're there. I will never forget the time I had down there. You know, it was, it was great. It was special. All right, let me go back to one thing that happened on the field this year. Charles Barkley's all mad at you, Nick Chubb. Are you familiar that Chucks wants to f find you? And I think he's obviously kidding, but he says he wants to hit you in the face for going out of bounds and costing him money. Yeah, a couple people sent that to me. I mean, he he, he knows I'm in Cleveland, so he knows I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Chuck doesn't really mean that, right? Because he, he, if, if he really wanted to come up on you, that would not end well for Chuck, would it? <laughs> I don't know, man. He, he was the best player. He's a big guy, so we'll have to see. Yeah, but Chuck's not in shape, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's talking like he is. <laughs> All right, into the future we go. Thanks to Nick for being a part of Fan Sided. We appreciate it. As we look at upset alert in week 13, Vertram, I love this part of the podcast, I, and I had a hard time picking one this week. If you look at uh, what the underdog teams have this week, it's, it's tough to line one up and say, I love the Bengals, but you get to go first here. What do you got? So I agree with you. It was kind of hard, but I will give you two teams, one that I actually think has a real shot of getting picked off. The other one that I don't know that they'll get picked off, but they need to be careful. I think the Saints might lose this week. They've won eight in a row. They've been great. They're, they're the best team in the NFC right now. That Falcons game, though, look, 
They just saw the Falcons two weeks ago. Now the Falcons, who have been much better defensively under Raheem Morris, get a second look at Taysom Hill. It's much different when you see a guy like that a second time around. I, I think that matters. The Falcons, while out of the mix, look, that's a big rivalry down south. Uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna want to win that game. They're gonna want to get the split. They're gonna want to knock the Saints off, you know, and, and and take a chunk out of them. I I could definitely see the Saints losing that game. And, and part of it, too, to be fair, look, the Saints have won eight in a row. I mean, at some point, you're probably just going to lose a game somewhere. Um, and then the other one is, I think the Steelers will win. I said that earlier. Washington, though, I could see that being a game where you look up with five minutes left, and it's like a one-point game. I, I could definitely – Washington plays well defensively. They've got a really good front. Rivera's a real head coach. Alex Smith is a real quarterback. Antonio Gibson's been a nice find for them in the draft. Harry McLaurin's a real receiver. Listen, do I think the Red? Excuse me, do I think Washington, the football team, do I think they're going to win the game? No, but I do think they're going to cover eight and a half. Uh, and I and I do think that it's going to be a game that, that you're going to go, oh wow, you know, Washington's right there in the fourth quarter. So, with all my with all my love to our guy who was just on the show, good old Nick Chubb, and the. Browns coming off now three wins in a row, edged by Jacksonville. And this is a huge game, eight and three, eight and three with the Titans. Uh, but I can't pick them, uh, which that's a, to be a five and a half point underdog is, is that's significant. So I really wanted to do it, but the Browns are so bad on the road, especially against the spread that I just couldn't do it. Uh, and I hate the pick that I've come up with here, but 10 points is an awful lot. Uh, so I am going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh. That's right. Come on, Mike Glennon. You were right there last week. You know the Minnesota Vikings. This is your time to shine. <laughs> you haven't had a win since week one. This is it. You are covering that 10, man. Minnesota's Jekyll and Hyde. And I said it was a very tough week to pick one. So that's where I landed. Jags have, have covered in three of their last four. Oh, good Lord. So there's that. Um, and, they, you know, they've been a touchdown or more underdog in six straight. They, they're, they're starting to get annoyed here, Verderam. Jacksonville. Come on. Okay. All right. I, you're, you're an obscene human being for that pick. All right. Fine. <laughs> Fine. All right. Let's, let's go to Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, one and two in your MVP race. Like Russell's lurking around, but uh, these two have been simply incredible. Let me just let me just give you some of the stats here, and then you can give the take. Yep. Uh, and just for the record, uh, Aaron Rodgers just turned 37 years old this week, uh, which is not 25 like Patrick Mahomes. Rodgers has won it twice. Uh, by the time Patrick gets to the MVP, we're talking about. By the time that Mahomes gets to 37, I think he'll have a couple more than that. Whether he wins it this year or not um they're one and two in passer rating uh, Mahomes going up a huge game as always seemingly 462 three touchdowns pass rating of 124 against the Bucks. of course Rodgers only threw for 211 but he was nearly perfect against the Bears quarterback rating of 132 Mahomes 30 touchdown passes two picks Rodgers 33 touchdowns four picks so I guess Patrick's slightly better here um but I'll give you my whole argument Rodgers is doing it with less uh and there's a sense there's a sentimental factor here too so I actually would if it was me I'd vote for Rodgers because of those two things but where are you going so I actually think Rodgers right now deserves it from the standpoint that he's the most valuable if you took him off the Packers that team's tire fire that team's winning four games okay if you and I'm replacing him not with like Drew Locke. I'm replacing him in this scenario with like I don't know, uh, Kirk Trubisky? Cousins. No, hell no. Like Kirk Cousins, okay. who's, a, who's a decent quarterback. I, so they wouldn't they wouldn't win four. They'd probably win like six, maybe seven games. Right? If you put Kirk Cousins on the Chiefs, they're winning eleven or twelve games. Like it's still now they're not they're not what they are currently, but they're still really good. They're still winning the division. Right, they're still a title contender, if not the favorite. However, I think Mahomes will win the award, and here's my rationale for it. I think it's really close. You ran off the stats. I mean, everything's really tight, right? The, the only real difference is the yardage. I mean, Mahomes has him by about 400 yards. Um, Mahomes unquestionably has the better weapons, and he 
has had the more sustained, prolific game. I mean, he hasn't had that. Like, like uh, one game that Pack the, that Rodgers had against the Bucks was awful. Like, Mahomes just never has that game. That said, I think Rodgers is certainly doing more with less. The reason that Mahomes gets it is Mahomes is just such an unbelievable star at the moment, and they're always in prime time. And to be fair, I do think it's a, it's a neck and neck thing. I think it's really tight. I just think Mahomes has been a smidge more impressive, and he's been more consistent. So I think he wins. But I, look, I'd have no qualms if they gave it to Rodgers because I think Rodgers has been more valuable. But I think Mahomes has been just a touch better. So do with that what you will. But I think Mahomes will ultimately win the award. I mean, I just, Patrick Mahomes is just sexier, for lack of a better way right, of putting it. I agree it. with you. And and there's some Rodgers fatigue too. Like, hey, he's having another great year. Hey, Green Bay. Like, it's just uh, we haven't reached that level yet with Patrick Mahomes as people continue to compare him to Michael Jordan, which is um, – I want to say it's irritating, but I actually enjoy just Jordan being referenced at any point. So thank you for, for the Mahomes-Jordan comparisons out there for those who are making them. Uh, let's go to the Cleveland Browns here. And you're asking the question, are the Browns setting their fans up for a December swoon? Let me give you the schedule here, which you say is tough for Durant, but I don't know, man. The Titans game is tough. You have the Ravens at home. I mean, Baltimore is... We're good. We'll get to them in a second, but they're they're scuffling. You got the Giants on the road. Seems like a winnable game. Jets on the road. Incredibly winnable game. And then the Steelers at home. Maybe the game will mean something. Maybe they won't. But you're 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 thinking the Browns may be the ultimate disappointment to their fans once again. Well, listen, I uh, I think that the Browns are going to have to play some decent football here because it's a very competitive conference. It's a very competitive wild card fight. And I do believe that those games are going to be hard. Look, at Tennessee is a tough game. I don't think they're going to win that game. I don't, I don't, I don't think if, if, if Baltimore is at full strength and plays its best game, I don't think they're beating the Ravens. I don't care at the games in Cleveland. I don't care. Cause it's not like, it's not like Baltimore needs it to be great weather, right? Like Baltimore can play in that weather and win. Sure. Um, and the Ravens beat the absolute hell out of them the first time they saw them. I, I don't have any reason to think it'll be different. The Steelers game's a little interesting from the sense that it's week 17. You don't know the motivation levels. Also, like, like even if the Steelers are playing for the one, like if, if Cleveland, if it's win and in, I mean, that's the kind of thing where maybe they just throw everything in the world at them and they, they find a way. But I think that's a really hard game. And then, look, they should, they'll, they'll beat the Jets. The Giants game's interesting. Like, they're at the Giants. They should win that game. But the Giants could be playing for the division. Like, I, as ridiculous as it is, like, the Giants have won some games lately. They've played tough against good teams. Like, they almost beat the Bucs. They almost beat the Rams. You know, I, I would pick Cleveland, but I do think there's a scenario where they're 10-6. and six, And it just, at that point, depends on breakers. Like, they, they would lose the breaker to Baltimore if they, if they lose at home to them. They would lose it to the Raiders, who they already lost to. You know, like it would just it would be it would be very tenuous. Well, and let's just remind everybody the Cleveland Browns haven't beaten any good teams. Not one. The Colts are the only good team they've beat. Right. And so right. The Indies and Indy's a top half team. They're not like, you know, some top ten team even, I would say. Um, and they've got they only have two wins that, and then you throw in the, like the the Texans. Uh, maybe that's a top twenty team. I I don't know. Um, eh, so they're awful. I mean, right, the quarterback's so, great, but God, the rest of that team. Right. So look, they've they've got they certainly have a a a, a lot to, to prove going going down the stretcher. On the other side of the coin, you can only play who's in front of you, and. Um, so there is that, I guess, if you're trying to be optimistic about the Browns. You're bringing up Baltimore. Do you have them in the playoffs? Do you think they'll still make it? You know what? I I think they have a real shot to. The only reason I'm couching it is just the, the tiebreakers are going to be ridiculous in the AFC because there's just so much interplay. But I'll say this. I think they're getting at least to 10 wins. I think they're going to get to 10 wins. They have nobody on the schedule. Cleveland's the hardest game they play. I mean, at this point, look, they got the Cleveland game, which is a, is a tough game. That's a game they're going to have. But, again, as you mentioned, Cleveland's beaten nobody all year long. Like, I don't even think Cleveland's good, to be honest. I think Cleveland's a decent team that's been riding the fact they've played nobody all year long. Um, 
Baltimore doesn't play anybody. It's hard. Like they get Dallas, who's awful this week. They, you know, they still do get the Giants, but I, I trust them far more than I trust Cleveland to beat the Giants. I just think that defense is going to eat Daniel Jones alive. Uh, I mean, you look at the schedule. They play Jacksonville. Like they're gonna they're going to win at least four more games. So I think I could see a scenario <laughs> where they get in as a seven seed and Pittsburgh goes to the two seed and they're playing Pittsburgh on wildcard weekend. And it's an all out brawl. I, I could definitely see that. To me, it's like can Lamar turn it around or can he not? Can you come back off of the COVID here and be good? I mean, he's like half the player statistically that he was last year. He's averaging a touchdown pass on 5.4% of his throws this year. He's not nine, been good. Nine, right. He just hasn't been good. It was 9% last year. He's not running as well. Um, I mean, all of it. He's throwing more picks this year. Um, he's taking more sacks. The Ravens, too, if you look at the gambling part of this, the beginning of the year, you had to ra- you had to bet seven hundred and thirty eight dollars to win a hundred bucks on them uh, if you want to bet them to make the playoffs, and then, you know, when they were playing well, that shot all the way up to minus thirty five hundred to win that hundred bucks. Right? They were they were a lock, but now they're minus two fifty uh, as the ninth place team in the AFC. So it's pe- they're still favored to get in. People think they will. But it has been a, a roller coaster of a season for Baltimore as far as the gambling uh, opportunities are concerned, just for the record. I, 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 I'd like to be optimistic that they'll get it together because I'd like to see Baltimore in the playoffs and actually playing well. Those games would be fun to watch. Let's make some money, by the way, here, Voteran. Let's, let's, let's go to our five games to uh, bet on this week, if you will. We're starting with the Lions and the Bears. The Bears are a three-point favorite at home. Matt Nagy's having a week. He's calling out his players. That's interesting. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is going to start. He was downright giddy at his press conference this week. He's so happy to be back. It's kind of uh, cute and nauseating all at the same time. Uh, Both teams have been miserable. The Lions, of course, with the new uh, interim head coach and all that. So where are you going? I don't know. I think the Lions are going to cover. I think they're going to win. I I, I think they're going to outright beat them. I do. I'm sorry, Carm. I do. Oh, it's okay. I, I got the lines in this one too. Go ahead. I, 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 I just, hope the. I want the Bears to lose. Trubisky's awful. I'm so. I'm. I'm just really. I'm to the point. Genuinely, I don't even. I don't need to see any more of this crap. For the love of God, put anybody else in there. I don't care who it is. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24 seven. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush that for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. I don't care if it's Tyler Bray. I don't care if it's somebody they signed off the street. I don't care if it's you. Anybody. Anything is more exciting than watching that. Like, they have to be the most depressing team to watch in the NFL. Because they have enough talent that they should be decent, but they're just not every week somehow. And Nagy's calling them out, and I know you know this. You've been in the business way more than I have been. He's calling them out for one reason, because he knows they quit in that game in, the, in Green Bay. They they folded the tent so bad in that game, and Nagy knows that the only hope in hell that he's got is turn this thing around right now by, with a little fire and brimstone. I don't think they win, and I think Detroit, who's gotten rid of Patricia, is going to be so damn happy that Matt Patricia's gone. They're going to come out and play the best game they've played all year long. But that, that's just my two cents. Um, you know what's interesting? After the game on Sunday night, um, Nagy you know, t- does his press conference, and he's kind of like standard. You know, we know we got to be better, that type of thing. Then it sinks in that Tony Dungy – is ripping the team on national television as he's being super sweet for 99% of the broadcast. But finally, it just like, kind of like oopsed out that the Bears quit as he's watching their defense. And everyone's going nuts. And, and, and the next day, you know, Monday morning press conference, Nagy rips. He doesn't rip the team, but he goes harder than he's gone at him all year. Uh, good luck to you, by the way, Daryl Bevel, um, as uh, he is the 
he's taken over for Matt Patricia. The Lions, I'm with you on Detroit. Like the Lions are so damn happy that Matt Patricia's out the door. They might like they they might beat Kansas City this week. I, I think they're gonna beat the Bears. All right. Uh next up is the Colts and the Texans. Indy is a three and a half point favorite on the road at Houston. Go ahead. So I like the Colts to win. I think Houston's gonna cover. I think it'll be a field goal. Um, now Houston is without Will Fuller, which is not helping, but Sean Watson's terrific. And I, I just don't ever trust Philip Rivers ever. I, the guy is just always one throw away from submarining his team. Um, the Colts are good. The Colts are very good defensively and Houston really, I mean, it's just, it's an absolute tire fire, but they've been better since O'Brien got canned. Like they're an above 500 team since they're four and three. So I don't think they win this game. But I think it's something like, you know, 27, 24, 23, 20. I think that hook, that half-point hook matters. It's interesting because, I mean, the Colts were such a great defensive team early in the year. Then they give up 42 to Indy. Uh, I mean, um, rather, they're giving up uh, – hold on a second. What am I, what am, where am I getting confused here? Um 42 points to the I'm, – I'm not understanding whatever the hell my note is. It doesn't matter. But bottom line is this. The Colts are 7-0-1 against the spread in their last eight games against the Houston Texans, Verderam. So, therefore, I will ride with Indy and also Houston. The Will Fuller injury is going to matter, or it's yeah. not an injury. It's PED situation. Would you bring him back, by the way, if you were, if you were Houston? No. And not because of PED. He's hurt every year. Turned every but he was year. he was great this year when he was yeah, healthy. He's on roids. I mean, he, he says he got something. It was yeah, an sure he did. Sure he did. <laughs> you know, always cracks up guys who do this, this crap, and just say it. Just be. You know what? I'm sorry. I took it. I made a mistake. I own up to it. Like all those years with the, with uh, baseball, the early part of the century, these guys looked like horses with a batting helmet on. They like, you know, uh. I think I, I accidentally took some balm that I rubbed in and I gained 38 pounds of muscle in an hour. And so, like, if you took a balm that you put on and you thought it was, like, to, like, make your skin clear up and you woke up the next day and your head was twice the size and you could bench, like, 80 pounds more than you could yesterday, you would immediately seek medical attention, right? Like, you'd stop taking the balm. And you have these guys who are like, geez, I didn't know that. I wasn't aware of that. Like, come on, man. I, like, as much as like, like Jason Giambi always got crap for the Roys as well as he should have. I'll give Jason Giambi. He was the only guy back then who was like, yeah, you know what, I did it. Yeah, but okay. I, I, I'm totally with you. Like, I wish you'd be like, yeah, you know, uh, I've never been able to stay healthy. I push the envelope to try to do it because there's so much money out there, and I just thought, you know what, if my testicles shrink, I'm down because. Look, I'll live ten years less, but I want to have the extreme level of money life that, that I've always dreamt of. But you can't do that. Like, there, no one's gonna sign you if you say that shit. I, I'm not even saying you gotta go that far, but just be like, look, yeah, I, you know what? I I took whatever the hell, you know, the cream or the clear, whatever the, the hell he's taking. Like, I took it. I'm sorry. It was an error in judgment. It won't happen again. Fine. But these guys were like, I didn't know I was taking a horse steroid. You know, I. I wasn't aware that these supplements I was taking for the last eight months were steroids. And not only that, like anything that you take as an NFL player and by, as a professional player, period, in any of the major sports in the United States, but like you have team doctors who you're supposed to run this stuff by. So the idea that like he just didn't know is such a joke. Either he's a, either he's a complete moron or he was trying to get around it. And of course we all know that it's the latter and that's it. Hey, Fair enough. Just own up to it. Be, be an adult about it. All right. There's our lesson for today. Let's go to the Raiders and the Jets. Uh, the Raiders are an eight-point favorite. Yes. They're at New York. Yes. Uh, we all know the story of the Jets. Uh, it's just a yes. worth a reminder that the Raiders got absolutely pummeled last week. Still an eight-point favorite. Do you think the pummeling continues in back-to-back weeks? The Jets beat them last year 34-3. to So, like, there's a part of me that's like, Eh? But no, I think the Raiders win the game and they cover. If the Raiders had won last week, I would be screaming that this could be like the ultimate in trap games. But because of what what just happened to the Raiders, I have to imagine that they're somewhat uh, focused for this game. 
Look, it's another game they come across the country for. It's another game they play Eastern Time Zone early in the day. But no, I think I think the Raiders handle the game. I could see this being close for like a quarter, 20, 25 minutes, but I think the Raiders will pull away anyway. The the over under is interesting, by the way. It's 47. The Ravens, the Raiders rather, have only seen one total of less than 50 over their last 10 games, and that was in Cleveland when it was a typhoon. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I to, to me, it's that it's it's it screams over here. So if you want to double down on the Raiders, give the eight and take the over. Let's go Broncos and Chiefs. The Chiefs are a 14 point favorite. Uh, do they stay focused for 60 minutes and wallop the Broncos? What do you think? I, I think the Chiefs are going to cover this. And the Chiefs actually haven't covered uh, the last three games. They've, they've won them all. They haven't covered. I think the Chiefs are going to cover this. I'll tell you why. So Vic Fangio became the head coach last year for the Broncos. The Chiefs beat him 30-9 to in a game that Matt Moore played three quarters of. Uh, excuse me, 30-6. And then they beat him 23-3 to at Arrowhead last year in December. And then went to Denver this year and beat them 43-16. to So, yeah, I'm going to take them to cover 14 points. Plus, <laughs> it's just, man, you're getting to that point in the year, and I just did the Arrowhead Attic podcast with Patrick Allen, and we talked a lot about this. Like, you're getting to the point now where bad teams know they're bad, guys who are hurt may not be in a huge rush to get back out there. You know, people are starting to think about – Okay, well, where's my next contract coming from? This, and that's not to say guys aren't playing hard. I'm not suggesting that. But I am suggesting that teams might play their younger guys a little bit more. Teams might experiment a little bit more with an eye on next season. You know, players who are banged up may take that extra week, and I don't blame them. I would too. Um, and then you have teams like Kansas City that are title contenders that are just rear, just revving it up, that are just like, this is now December. We have to win. We have to continue to put pressure on, try to win our division, win win the one seed. I, I think Kansas City is going to put it on them pretty good on Sunday Night Football. Give you the gambling stat on the Chiefs against the division. 30-3 and three straight up against division opponents, if you date it back to 2015. 22-10-1 against the spread. Uh, and that's in that 22-10-1, 9-1 against the Broncos. In their last 10. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I would say that's if you're looking to feel comfortable about a bet, that would this would be a good one to do. All right, last one is the Bills and the Niners. San Francisco coming off an impressive win over the Rams that we discussed. And uh, here comes Buffalo, a one-point favorite on the road. This game's really interesting to me. Look, Buffalo is the better team. I think Buffalo's really good. But the Niners are really, really well coached. And they – are going to be able to manage this game. I'm taking the Bills. I think they win by a field goal. But I, I got to tell you, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Niners win, especially if Arizona loses on Sunday and the Niners are sitting there going, man, we win this game, we're tied with them for a playoff spot. Like, that's real motivation. So I think Buffalo wins because I think there's just a better team. They find a way. But this is the kind of game, and he's been much better at this this year, Josh Allen cannot make the big mistake in this game. Even if he's not throwing out gaudy numbers, even if he goes for 200 and a couple touchdowns, fine. He cannot have a game where he throws three picks. He cannot do that. That'll cost him this game. But I, I think they win a tight game. So I love the State Farm Stadium angle here uh, for Buffalo. Oh, we had a miserable loss to the Cardinals. Now we got to play the Niners in Arizona again. That's kind of fun. Uh, so maybe they'll be trying to get some weird level of we're not going to let this happen to us again in Arizona revenge, or they might be just walking on the field and feeling like their life is over. Uh, look, Buffalo's a better team. I, 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 I got to go with the Bills. But um, if you go, if you look at Monday night, I don't know how much you, you think that matters, but the Niners are 13-3 and three against the spread in their last 16 Monday night games. The Bills are 0-3-1 in their last four. So I'm just giving you two sides to it. Buffalo does not like playing on Monday night as of late, for whatever that's worth. Uh, all right, and that does it for our odds segment. We've got in or out for you before we find out what's going on in Verderam's life, with, uh, which I think you're really going to enjoy, uh, particularly today. So in or out, first one, 
Vikings, Minnesota, more likely to make the playoffs than the Cardinals, in or out? I'm out, but I do think it's it's worth noting here. Look, the Cardinals really, like we talked about, they're they're starting to really backslide, and they still play the Rams twice. Of course, Sunday being the first game, then they got to play them out in L.A. Um, they are done with Seattle, but they're going to get the Niners again, which is basically going to be a neutral site game at this point with no fans, and the Niners already in Arizona. Um, the, the the problem I have picking Minnesota to make the playoffs is first of all I lost to Dallas. It's just got awful. Like that loss kills you. I think they're going to beat the Jags. They'll beat the Bears. They'll beat the Lions. So that gets them to eight. But they're at the Bucks at the Saints. I I don't see it, man. I I don't see them winning either of those games. Let's even say though they split and get to nine. The Cardinals of the Giants and the Eagles. That should be eight wins. And then they get the Rams twice and the Niners at home. Like it, it, I'll take the Cardinals. I don't think it's insane to pick Minnesota or Chicago if you want to go that route. I will, I will, I will take Arizona. Hold on. I love the invitation to look at it because Minnesota was dead and then they weren't and then they lost to Dallas. Right. And, and you know, Arizona – on the whole, have been in the playoffs all season long. But now, rubber meeting the road, it's possible. But I, I'm out on this one, too. I'll, I'll, I'll ride with the Cardinals over both the Vikings and what could be the upstart Chicago Bears as they get ready for Detroit. Yep. Even though we're both picking the Lions. All right. The Bucks will make it to the divisional round, in or out, taking the Bucks to win a playoff game. What do you think? I, I actually am to the point with him that I'm not sure. Like, I would have just been automatically in all year long. With these last two games, like the Rams and Chiefs both handled them in their own building. It's not – now, those are really good teams, especially Kansas City, but still, like, if you're a really good team too, you should at least win one of those games. I don't know that they're going to be a five seed. Like, if they were a five seed, I'd be, yeah, they're going to beat whoever they play in the NFC East. But if they, if they finish at 11-5 and five and the Rams do too, the Rams beat them out, and then all of a sudden they're the sixth seed and they're getting like Seattle. I'm actually going to go out because I don't think they beat Seattle, Green Bay, or New Orleans on the road. And I think they're going to end up a six seed. Right. Now, if we're doing it today, the Bucks are a six seed. They would be playing. Correct. Um, they play Green Bay is who they would have. No, no, no. I'm sorry. They play. That's right. They play Green Bay. The Cardinals would play Seattle. The Bucks would play the Packers. The Rams would play the Giants, as currently constituted. I got to be out too. They're not beating Green Bay, I don't think. Um, and I know and, they killed them earlier in the year, but I just don't care. Teams that all the time, then they lose the next time they play at home. Right. I mean, they have to get to five. If you're five, okay, you get to play the NFC East. You still got to go on the road, but uh, you're good. They're going to be favored, that's for sure. But I don't. Yeah, to your point, I don't. I don't think they're getting to five. So, all right. Uh, which is a disappointment after where they were, but uh, who knows what happens here with Tampa going down the stretch. I guess anything's possible when you have. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Even 43-year-old Tom Brady. Come on, buddy. Find the fountain of youth one more time. Uh, The Giants are the most dangerous NFC East team in a playoff game, in or out. I'm out. I actually think Washington is. Wow. I love this conversation. It's my favorite thing we do. Because I trust Alex Smith a lot. The Giants have the higher ceiling. Washington is the team, though, that I think has the best shot of pulling off an upset. Trust the coach. Trust the quarterback. Couple of good weapons offensively. Really good front seven defensively. They're not good. Neither are the Giants. So let's not even start getting into where people like to go full-on galaxy brain and talk to themselves on how these teams are actually good. They're not good. They stink. But I think Washington gives me the best shot at an upset, even if I think the Giants... On, on, let's put it this way. Both of them having their normal day, Washington, to me, gives them, you know, with, with Alex Smith, 
you have the better chance to win. If you said to me they'll both has their, have their best days, I think the Giants actually have a higher ceiling. But I'll, I'll say Washington uh, with, a, with a bullet. I mean, it's tough, man. I'm just like just trying to once again size up who's going to be in here. Oh, like good luck. I mean, race to six. Giants have a tough schedule, man. Um, you know, Dallas, you're you're sitting behind, but they the the Cowboys have uh, the easiest schedule by far. Um, now that includes playing the Eagles and the Giants again. I don't know, um, but I I do think that. Uh, the Giants are the best team in the division, but I think that, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think any of them have a chance to win a game in the playoffs. That's is how I would look at it. So to answer the question, I would, uh, if I, if I'm going by what I just said, I guess I got to say that I'm in on the Giants are the most dangerous team in the NFC East by a, by a half of a split of a hair. All right. Uh, seven plus head coach openings. We'll have that many uh, in or out. How many do we have right now? We've got uh, – where are we at Right here? now, well, currently you have the Lions, the Texans, the Falcons. Okay. So you're throwing in, let's see, Chicago. That would be four. Well, the Jets and Jags are going to have one. Five and six. Who's your seventh? Chargers. So they, actually I would put the Chargers ahead of the Bears. So would I. Yeah. Okay. My, my feeling is just to break this down. Like you got the three you have already. The Jets are ha- – that's happening. The Jags are happening. That's five. The Chargers is not a guarantee, but I, I don't know if you're the Chargers, how you run it back with Anthony Lane. I, I just don't. He's done a horrible job this year. I think he's got to go. Then you get, And that's why I put seven, because then you get into, do the Bears move on? Do the Eagles move on? Is, is this it for Doug Peterson? I mean, man, I got to tell you, I have all year said that they're not going to fire Peterson, and my understanding is – I'm talking to people around the league, they feel like it's probably fairly unlikely. The cap situation for Philly is brutal going forward. Maybe you just waited out a year. But, man, I got to tell you, like, they are so bad. I, and Lori's not even, like, traveling with the team anymore. Like, you can't watch them. So, I I don't know. I will I will say personally that we get to six um, for sure. And then Nagy and Peterson are coin flips. Chicago is a really interesting scenario, and I think you're dead on with the seven. That's that is the right number here. Um, if you're the Bears and you know you have to draft a quarterback, which you do, which you do, are you letting Ryan Pace make that pick? You cannot. I don't think you can. So, if they actually follow logic, which is never an easy thing to assume with Chicago. But if you did, then are you going to saddle whoever you bring in with Matt and say, hey, you can ha- you have to have him for a year. We like him. I don't think you'd do that either. So to right. me, it's kind of a package deal. They're both going to go out the door, which is why I would be to answer the way you wrote the question. We will have seven-plus head coach openings in or out. I will be in on that. I'll be in too. And, you know, you hear, though, that like the Bears – the, the McCaskies just love pace so much that they're like really hesitant to fire him. But I, I'm with you, man. I don't know how you cannot draft a quarterback and then fire everybody the next year. If it's like, you just can't. I, not I, if I mean, you're a good organization, which the bears are not, which is why they haven't won a super bowl since 85 and not even winning a super bowl. They, they, it's a miracle. They even make the damn playoffs. Um, and I, I just don't think they have a huge appetite to do this again. They like I feel like to them they just they just literally got rid of Phil Emery. You know, they they literally just got rid of John Fox. Like this is it it just feels so fresh and new um still. And they were they were they were they thought that they had one at twelve and four. Like, oh finally we've got the right guy in pace. He can be here for a decade. Same thing with Nagy, we did it. But now, you know, things change in the NFL awful quick. So I mean, who, what, what have the two of them ever accomplished? Nothing. Nothing. Like, you won one division. Who cares? You didn't win a playoff game. And you lost at home. Um, I was at that game. Let me tell you. Like, not exactly an overwhelming showing by that offense in that game. Like, they were awful. Trubisky oh, played well in the fourth quarter. I'll give him that. But they were awful otherwise. Right. Like, they, they were – it was, it was, it, it it was, was just, brutal. Uh, 
I don't know. If you're the Bears and you can you can bring in a top notch like a Robert Sala or an Eric Bieniemy, if you could get him, like you, I'm sorry, you have to. Yeah, and you hire John. You 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 are the team that offers the most money to John Dorsey, who brings Eric Bieniemy with him. Phenomenal hire. That's what you do. You yeah. offer the most money, John. You know this division well. You know it better yeah. than anyone. You lived in Green Bay. I, we, we wish we had you when you were sitting there in Kansas City and you drafted Patrick Mahomes and gave Tyreek Hill and all of it. I don't, uh, we even appreciate you picking stupid-ass Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Uh, we'd, we'd live with that here. Um, why do you think he's moved around as much as he has, though, by the way? Um, look, I, I've gotten to be around him a little bit, uh, certainly covered the teams he, he was with with Kansas City. Um, John is a really good guy. John is also a very blunt to the point guy. And I think that has been, at least in Kansas city, my understanding was that was the reason that they parted ways was just a communication style. Um, I think that'll be a problem in Chicago. I think some people in Kansas city just couldn't take that style, that approach. Um, and then in, in Cleveland, but Cleveland came down to just it's Cleveland, and they have no patience and nothing. And, and look, he he made the disastrous move of going with Freddie Kitchens. There's no other way around that. Like, and he and I, I would be willing to bet he would tell you that. Like, he he never should have. He trusted Freddie Kitchens way too much. They they ended up making that move. But I'll tell you right now, you go back look at the last decade. Nobody drafts better than John Dorsey. Nobody. Uh, to me. He's a home run hire, and I know Matt Lombardo, who's an insider for Fansided. He writes just between the hash marks column, goes up every Wednesday. It's terrific, uh, packed with information. And a lot of people around the league are, believe that Dorsey and Biennemi could be a package deal. That Dor- Wherever Dorsey goes, that, that, that he and Biennemi, there's a good relationship there that he would go. If the Bears ever did that, man, home run. Absolute home run. And I'm with you, the McCaskies, look, they got the money. Do it. Get it done. It'd be amazing for Chicago. It would be a that would be a big time celebration. All right, let's wrap it up. What's going on? Uh, we talked about uh, your beautiful wife Stephanie has been dealing with COVID. She's uh, on the front lines and has been doing yeoman's heroic work here. We 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 appreciate it. Um, but and she's getting better. I I I know. But uh, you got a little extra extra on your plate over there, putty. <laughs> about thirty pounds extra. So. Um... First of all, yeah, there's an update because I talked about it last podcast, and so now it's it's public. I feel like I should update people uh, that care. Uh, yeah, Steph's doing great. So thank you for all the well wishes on the thoughts. Um, she's she's doing really 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 well. She'll be out of quarantine midnight tonight. Uh, so uh, she will be thrilled because she's been sitting in the bedroom for essentially the last nine days. Um, but no, she had a loss of taste. She was really tired for a few days. Some congestion. Feels much better now. Uh, so we're all good there. I am been more than happy to be the doting husband and to just do whatever she needs and, and to do whatever my daughter Maisie needs, who's three. But I'll tell you, if I gain some appreciation for anybody out there as a single parent, that is a lot of work. Because let me tell you, the queen, she does not care how much you slept. She doesn't care how much she interrupts you. She doesn't care how many times she's watched Frozen and wants to watch it again. She doesn't care that you need to work, that you need to be on a radio call. And, and don't get me wrong, Maisie has been awesome. I love that kid to death. She's so patient and understanding by and large. But man, <laughs> if you're a single parent out there, I salute you because I'm tired, man. <laughs> I just want to go to bed. Uh, I, I love how you just broke down Maisie. You know, Maisie, you know, she, she's, she's good at lunch. She's she's pretty solid at dinner. Breakfast is a little bit of a an undertaking, you know. Goes a little bit deep on the Fruit Loops, but uh, I love my daughter. Verem, I get all the appreciation to you, pal. You you stepped up. I mean, you had to. There was no choice. But I still give you props. Well, thank you. But no, nah, listen. I'm happy to do it. I'm, I'm I'm her dad. Like I'm happy to step in. I'm Steph's wife. Like, or I'm Steph's husband. Wife. Interesting. Uh, no, listen. I I'm I'm I'm, I'm her spouse. Um. I was happy to do it. Obviously, the biggest thing was just the stuff to get better, and she has. So um, I'm thrilled. But, yes, 
there was definitely a day about two or three days ago. I'd be lying if I didn't say I was, I was at a breaking point. I slept for like three hours. Maisie's going through a sleep regression. She wakes up every 15 minutes. Uh, that night, I'm, I'm literally not kidding. Every 15 minutes for like five hours. She's just come in the room and go, you awake yet? You awake yet? I want chocolate. You awake yet? Every, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So that was unfortunate. Um, but listen, uh, it, it's all gone. It's all gone well. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful. I'm happy. But man, if you, whether you, if you're a single parent out there or you have a spouse that's on the road a lot, God bless you. I don't know. My mom had to do it. My dad was on the road all the time. I don't know how. I don't know how. I, God bless. I can't even imagine. Verderam is saying that's right because I was looking at him on the video with just like, oh my God, that sounds absolutely positively brutal. Not so pleasant. I'm assuming that this clip is not making it on the video and who's ever hearing this is hearing it on the audio version. So that's why I'm explaining it. Uh, good. Hey, there is no finish line with a, with a three-year-old. That thing is, <laughs> that thing is rolling all day long. Uh, I will just wrap up with this um, as far as my life. My, the, the podcast that I do that's Chicago-based called The Windy City, I did a, a, a deep dive on why Joakim Noah, who got cut by the L.A. Clippers this week, should have his number retired in Chicago. Uh, so if you're looking for some extra karma in your life, I really got fired up around Noah this week, so feel free to check it on out. Um, that dude was a winner. That dude was a competitor. There's not a team in the NBA that wouldn't want him on their roster uh, when he was certainly in his prime. Uh, top five MVP finisher, defensive player of the year, made the all-star team a couple of times, always underrated for how much he contributed to the team because he wasn't a big-time scorer. 13 should hang at the United Center, right up there with Michael and Scotty and number one, Derek Rose someday. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but if I was running the organization. Derek Rose. He won an MVP. Who cares? MVPs get their numbers retired in Chicago. Damn it. Yeah, because you had one. Yeah. That was a great player yeah. of all time. Yeah. Yeah, you won the youngest player in the MVP to win the MVP in the history of the league from the streets of Chicago. That number hangs, damn it. And bring him back for another, for a final swan song already. I get that he's the hometown caves. They're nine seasons, whatever. Come on now. Got Derek Rose hanging his number. I'd hang it. Why don't you hang it's Orlando not, Woolridge's number? Oh, I love that you brought up, oh, one of my all time. That's my first poster, <laughs> baby. I'd hang zero, too. I love O. R.I.P. Him and Quentin Daly. But, look, it's not the Hall of Fame. It's just uh, – it's the Hall of Chicago. It's, oh, come it's, on. It's not uh, – the number retired – let him wear the number. Somebody how, many, wear, how many Bulls have their numbers retired right now? Four, four. Four. Jordan Pippen. Jordan Pippen, Bob Love, and Jerry Sloan. Sloan was uh, okay. an incredible guard, but, I mean, let's not, let's not go crazy. He wasn't uh, – Norm Van Leer didn't make it, huh? Norm Van Leer should have his number retired. That's another guy. I know who Norm Van Leer is. Right. Number two should be hanging, damn it. Uh, the Bulls. Where the hell is the love for artist Gilmore? Yeah, 53 should be up there too. The A-train with the hook. My point, though, is that's a high bar. Four guys. I mean, they've been around since what? 60 what? 68? 60, 67. Very good. Okay. So 66, I've, I've actually been boning up like crazy on my NBA history because I realize it's a it's a bad spot. It's a blind spot. My and I, I only know from like 1970 on. So I've been really going in the weeds here. A lot of NBA, a lot of NBA and ABA docs lately. But uh, yeah, I, come on now, Derrick Rose <laughs> cannot be. I mean, my God, put put like Rodman in there before you put in friggin' Derrick Rose. Let me uh, we'll wrap up on this. We got to go. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers, and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Ennis Rodman, top 50 player in NBA history all time. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. It's a very interesting discussion. I know he didn't score. I get, But the guy, he 
he was one of the most 50 impactful players I've ever seen. I like, would or, agree. In, in NBA history. Like, he – you look at him and you're like, why is he that great of a rebounder? But the guy was unbelievable. And I'm sorry, how important is rebounding in the NBA? Yeah, like – And defense. Uh, right. Def- right. Was yeah. he ever the defense player of the year? Had to have been, right? Uh, I think he was. The year that he was crying – at uh, the podium where it meant so much to him. Here's like Mr. Tough guy and he's weeping. I think it was a defensive player of the year. Dennis Rodman, I want to say he won it in like 90 or something. Hang on. I, I think I think that he, to me, yeah. uh, he was two-time, 90 and 91. Yeah. So yeah. when he won it the first time. Seven-time NBA all-defensive first team, uh, seven-time rebounding champ. His number's retired by Detroit, by the way. Um, As it should be. I mean, I, I think he is. Yeah, the guy was an absolute force, even by not and, and to do to be a force without scoring is is insane. And he was. Right. Which is the guy that you want on your team because there's just not that many of them. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Stack in the Box. We always appreciate it. We will see you Sunday night after Week 13, a lot of Monday games this week, too. It's, the, it's just a really bizarre Broncos, thing. Chiefs, and we are going to – I am going to be up late that night. We got the game. I got Arrowhead Attic podcast and this podcast. It's, are we doing a double there or are we going to record on Monday then? We will talk about it. We will <laughs> okay. talk about it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We'll see you next time. Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their... This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms.